This is the Bible in one year, day 23. You have the keys. On the 15th of January 2009, US Airways Flight 1549 hit a flock of geese. Both engines failed. The plane was flying over New York. Potential disaster loomed. Not only were the 155 occupants on board in danger, but thousands more could have been killed had the plane hit one of New York's skyscrapers. Captain Chesley Burnett Sully Sullenberg III guided the crippled US Airways plane with immense skill and courage. He performed a successful emergency landing on the Hudson River. Not a single passenger died, nor were there any serious injuries. The mayor of New York City gave to the heroic pilot who had saved them the keys to the city. To give someone the keys to a city is an immense privilege. They symbolize access and authority. Keys are usually given in recognition of some great service to the city. In the New Testament, we see that Jesus is the key holder. The risen Christ says, I hold the keys of death and Hades. Jesus has brought about a far greater salvation than any other person could achieve. The authority he holds is also the greatest there could ever be. He holds the keys of life and death. Amazingly, Jesus gives to Peter and the church, that is to us, the keys of the kingdom. Many Christians feel powerless, lacking in any kind of spiritual authority. They don't seem to realize what Jesus has given to them. You are not powerless. You have the immense privilege of having been given the keys of the kingdom. From Psalm 14 The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Enjoy access to God. To be given the keys of the kingdom means to be given access to God. This is what Jesus achieved for us. God has always looked for those who seek him. You can enjoy access to God. But no one is righteous. The whole human race has sinned. Every single one of us has become corrupt. David describes this corruption in general terms, but he also gives two specific examples. First, denying the existence of God. Fools say in their hearts there is no God. Second, failing to help the poor. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor. The kingdom of God involves seeking God and seeking justice for the poor, and that is exactly the note on which this psalm ends. 
David cries out to God asking, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. Thank God it did. Salvation for Israel came out of Zion in the person of Jesus. He lived, died and rose again to make it possible for you to be forgiven, made righteous by his blood and given access to the Father. Now Jesus gives you the keys to the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you that you've given me a righteousness that's not my own. Thank you that you give me access to the Father. Lord, I seek you today. New Testament from Matthew 16 The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Receive the keys by faith. The context of Jesus' teaching about the keys of the kingdom is understanding and acknowledging who Jesus is. Just as we read in the psalm for today, God is looking for any who understand. So Jesus is quite amazed at the lack of understanding of his disciples. Do you still not understand? How is it you don't understand? Then the penny drops for Peter that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
It is within this context that Jesus gives Peter the keys, saying, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The words of Jesus are addressed to Peter. On the rock-like faith Peter has displayed, Jesus is going to build his church. Peter receives the keys of the kingdom. On the day of Pentecost, Peter opened the door for 3,000 people. He opened the door of the Gentile centurion Cornelius and thereby to the whole Gentile world. But it's not only Peter who has the keys of the kingdom. Later on, Jesus gives the disciples a similar authority. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the extraordinary responsibility and privilege that Jesus gives to us, his church. He gives us the keys of the kingdom. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven, and no on earth is a no in heaven. Jesus says, in effect, that the powers of hell will not overcome the person who has faith in him. Rather, the church, armed with the keys of the kingdom, can storm the gates of hell and set the prisoners free. The gates of Hades will not hold out against the church. Gates are defensive, not offensive. It is the church that is on the offensive, and you can be assured of victory against the defenses of the enemy. You can have the amazing privilege of seeing people set free through the preaching of the good news of the kingdom. You can have the joy of seeing people set free from drug addiction, alcoholism, crime and every other bondage. You can approach challenges with confidence, fearing no evil, knowing that you share in a remarkable spiritual authority. Lord, thank you for your promise that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Old Testament from Genesis 45 to 47 Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Make everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no ploughing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you, to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. 
You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him, weeping, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this, load your animals and return to the land of Canaan, and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also instructed to tell them, do this. Take some cards from Egypt for your children and your wives, and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings, because the best of all Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them cards, as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I am convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Genesis chapter 46 So Israel set out with all that was his, and when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob. Here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again, and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Then Jacob left Beersheba, and Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives in the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. So Jacob and all his offspring went to Egypt, taking with them their livestock and the possessions they had acquired in Canaan. 
Jacob brought with him to Egypt his sons and grandsons and his daughters and granddaughters, all his offspring. These are the names of the sons of Israel, Jacob and his descendants who went to Egypt. Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob. The sons of Reuben, Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Kami. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jakin, Zohar, and Sheul, the son of a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. But Ur and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez, Hezron and Hamel, the sons of Issachar, Tola, Pua, Jeshub, and Shimron, the sons of Zebulun, Sered, Elon, and Jahilel. These were the sons Leah bore to Jacob in Paddan Aram, besides his daughter Dinah. These sons and daughters of his were thirty-three in all. The sons of Gad, Zephon, Haggai, Shunai, Esbon, Erai, Erodai, and Arilai. The sons of Asher, Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Beriah. Their sister was Sira. The sons of Beriah, Heba and Malkiel. These were the children born to Jacob by Zilpah, whom Laban had given to his daughter Leah, sixteen in all. The sons of Jacob's wife Rachel. Joseph and Benjamin. In Egypt, Manasseh and Ephraim were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. The sons of Benjamin, Bila, Bika, Ashbel, Jira, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mapin, Hapim, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel who were born to Jacob, fourteen in all. The son of Dan, Hushim, the sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, Gunai, Jeza, and Shilem. These were the sons born to Jacob by Bilhah, whom Laban had given to his daughter Rachel, seven in all. All those who went to Egypt with Jacob, those who were his direct descendants, not counting his sons' wives, numbered sixty-six persons. With the two sons who had been born to Joseph in Egypt, the members of Jacob's family. Which went to Egypt were seventy in all. Now Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. When they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept for a long time. Israel said to Joseph, "Now I'm ready to die." Since I have seen for myself that you are still alive, then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, "I will go up and speak to Pharaoh, and will say to him, 'My brothers and my father's household, who are living in the land of Canaan, have come to me. The men are shepherds; they tend livestock, and they have brought along their flocks and herds and everything they own." When Pharaoh calls you in and asks, "What is your occupation?" you should answer, "Your servants have tended livestock from our boyhood on, just as our fathers did." 
Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. Genesis chapter 47 Joseph went and told Pharaoh, My father and brothers, with their flocks and herds and everything they own, have come from the land of Canaan and are now in Goshen. He chose five of his brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your occupation? Your servants are shepherds, they replied to Pharaoh, just as our fathers were. They also said to him, We have come to live here for a while because the famine is severe in Canaan, and your servants' flocks have no pasture. So now please let your servants settle in Goshen. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen, and if you know of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob in and presented him before Pharaoh. After Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty. My years have been few and difficult, and they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage of my fathers. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. So Joseph settled his father and his brothers in Egypt and gave them property in the best part of the land, the district of Ramesses, as Pharaoh directed. Joseph also provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with food according to the number of their children. Unlock doors and see lives changed. He who has felt the deepest grief is best able to experience supreme happiness, wrote Alexandre Dumas. Jacob, Israel, and his family had been through deep grief. Now they experience supreme happiness. Sometimes I try to hide my emotions, yet Joseph was a man of intense emotion. When he identified himself to his brothers, his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. He then kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Emotions are as much a part of our creativeness as hands and lungs. Don't fear showing your emotions. Jesus wept and showed compassion openly. Joseph totally forgave his brothers. In his book, Total Forgiveness, R.T. Kendall describes this as one of the hardest yet greatest things he had ever been asked to do. An unexpected blessing emerged as I began to forgive. A peace came into my heart that I hadn't felt for years. Joseph is able to see that despite all the hardships he's been through, he's been used by God to save lives. Three times he says it was God who sent him. Joseph says, don't blame yourself for selling me. God was behind it. God sent me ahead of you to save lives. As I look back on my life, I realize how many times I've worried unnecessarily. If only I had trusted God completely, I would have saved myself so much turmoil. Think how much Jacob must have suffered over Joseph when actually God had it all totally under control. Jesus said he came to fulfill the Old Testament. 
The story of Joseph is a good example of this. Jesus fulfilled what was foreshadowed by Joseph. Joseph's suffering was part of God's plan to save his people. In saving his people, God made Joseph a lord and ruler over Egypt. One of the keys of the kingdom is to understand that Jesus is the saviour of the world, to see that behind the cross was the hand of God saving lives through the suffering of Jesus by a great deliverance. Now God has made Jesus not just Lord of all Egypt, but Lord of all creation. The hero of Flight 1549 saved the lives of 155 people and was given the keys of New York. Joseph saved the lives of the people of God and was made Lord of all Egypt. Jesus saved the world and is given the keys of the kingdom, which he hands on to his church. What an amazing privilege you have. Thank you, Lord, that through Jesus, I can receive total forgiveness. Help me to forgive others totally. Thank you that this is one of the keys of the kingdom. May we, the church, use those keys to unlock the gates of Hades and set people free. Pepper adds, Looking at Genesis 45, it seems that reconciliation is only possible with lots of forgiveness all round. Joseph's forgiveness of his brothers is total, love covering over a multitude of sins. If I'd been Jacob, I would have been furious with my sons for all the suffering they'd put me through. But Jacob is too overjoyed that his precious son is alive, and they can only have been amazed by God's extraordinary rescue plan.